What is up everybody? Welcome back to the show. In this video, I wanna talk about this lens from Panasonic that I've been using for the last two weeks that has literally just blown me away. This is one of two lenses that were lent to me by B&H, so thanks to them for lending these to use and then share with you guys about what I think on these. Now, right now, this is mounted to the little Panasonic GX850 that I talked about probably about a week ago on the show, and I've actually been really liking this setup. It looks a little silly with this huge lens on here, but it's very small still and compact, it's easy to hold, and it's kind of like a lens cap that you put on here that you can shoot 4K video on and get great stills with too. So when B&H sent this to me, I checked it out and I am absolutely just amazed with this 12 millimeter lens. Um, I wanna dive down and check it out, so let's do that. The Panasonic 12 millimeter F1.4 is a micro four thirds system lens with a 24 millimeter equivalent. So it is not super wide, but it is a wide angle lens. It features an aperture range that covers F1.4 to F16. It features two aspherical elements, one ED element, and two UED elements. It is weather-resistant construction and features a rounded nine-blade diaphragm. This is not a lightweight lens. It features all metal construction. It is fairly hefty, but when you consider there are 15 elements in 12 groups, this has a lot of glass in it. It's fairly straightforward and intuitive to use. You do have an aperture ring, which you can set to auto or select the aperture manually if you are in aperture priority mode, which is nice to be able to do from the lens. The kit lens does not allow you to do this. You have to do everything from the touch screen. It also features a switch for autofocus versus manual focus, and you do have a focus by wire ring. One of the things that this lens is designed to do, and it does it really well, is shallow depth of field. So if you're the kind of photographer who likes to do portraits and you like to knock out your backgrounds into kind of this lush, blurry looking area, this lens is for you. It does this so well, in fact, impressively well for a micro four-thirds system. Because of the size of the sensor, getting a shallow depth of field is more challenging than it is on something like a full-frame sensor. But this lens, I mean, you wouldn't even know you're shooting on micro four-thirds with this. It's really, really impressive. Also, low light becomes a bit of a non-issue because you've got such a wide aperture at 1.4. You can shoot in lower light and still retain fairly low ISO settings. One of the first questions that I get asked about this lens, particularly when I pair it up with the GX850, is how does this work as a vlogging setup? Well, the short answer is yes, it will work, but the long answer is a little more complicated, mainly because the lens has no optical image stabilization and the GX850 has no in-body image stabilization. So you have nothing to counter out shake that you're gonna have if you're just walking around holding the camera. So a couple of workarounds that I've found for this is one, use a tripod. And two, if you wanna walk around, I mean, it's not the most free thing in the world, but uh, uh, you can just stick it on the tripod. And one of the things that I do is just hold the tripod by the collar and this helps reduce the shake greatly. Now it's not the perfect solution because you are holding a tripod, but it will work. And this works considerably better than if I just use the lens on its own. So that is one downside to this lens and this body for that matter as a vlogging combination. One of the things that I do like about it though is that even at 12 millimeters, this is a 24 millimeter equivalent on a full frame body, but this is micro four thirds, but it's still wide enough to be able to film your even with the crop factor when using 4K. So we're gonna go out in the front for a second because I wanna show you how well this performs outdoors and what you can do with that depth of field I was talking about. Okay, so this is almost kind of ridiculous. Right now, I am using shutter speed priority on here because I want my shutter speed to be 50 because I want a 180 degree shutter. I have a three stop neutral density filter, so let's take this all the way down to 1.4 and see what happens. Thank you. 
if you like absolutely insane depth of field, this lens is for you. I had to bump up the shutter speed to about 800 to compensate, but I wanted to show this lens completely wide open because it is pretty awesome. So is this lens perfect? Well, it's pretty good, but there are a few cons that I think are worth talking about. And I want to get into that in just a second, but first I want to give a shout out to our sponsor this week who are the awesome folks over at Squarespace.com. Squarespace offers an all-in-one solution for building beautiful websites, portfolios, an online store, or even a holding page for your domain. You get access to Squarespace's amazing backend that makes building websites a breeze. Head over to squarespace.com and sign up for the free trial and see just how easy it is to get up and running. If you do decide that Squarespace is right for you, I can save you some money on your order. If you use offer code AOP on checkout, this will save you an additional 10% off your order. So once again, that offer code is AOP and I want to give a special shout out and thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. The Panasonic 12mm f1.4 is not a cheap lens. It is over $1,000. In fact, at the time I'm filming this, the street price for a new one is about $1,300 US. And so there's a couple different ways you can look at this. And when I first saw this lens, I thought, wow, that's really expensive. But I think also Panasonic have developed a reputation and a brand around giving you an enormous amount of bang for your buck with the cameras that they have. Everything has a touchscreen. They provide 4K video. You get a lot for your money. That being said, in the Panasonic world, that is kind of a lot for a lens, I will say. However, I will say also this, that I have been lucky enough over my career to have worked with some really nice lenses. Some of them I've owned, some of them I've borrowed or rented to do on shoots. And I've used everything from Hasselblad to Zeiss. Um, I'm filming on a Zeiss Battis 25 millimeter right now that I really like. I've used Voigtlander lenses that were great, Nikon lenses, Fuji. Last summer I got to use the Canon Cine lenses. I will say that the image quality and the performance of that lens is in that echelon. Most of those lenses are at least twice as expensive as this, if not sometimes five times as expensive expensive. Now that could be argued, but my initial impressions after using this for a couple weeks is that it is in that echelon. And when you look at it that way, I still think it's an enormous value for your money. One of the things that I'm really looking forward to is when the GH5 comes out is seeing how this lens performs on that camera. Right now, I've just been using it on the GX850, which is really cool for what it is and it's really small, but I'm really interested to see it in something that's a little more robust in terms of the features that it offers. Now, there are some cons to this lens too, and I do want to at least say these because I think they are worth noting. First of all, as good as the autofocus is and as good as the performance is and as good as the depth of field looks on here it does not have optical image stabilization and that could be a deal for some people now I think there's two things at play here one Panasonic are building in-body image stabilization in with a lot of their cameras and because it's technically a wide-angle lens I think for still shooting it's not going to be a big problem in terms of camera shake I would like to have it in here for shooting video though, and so that's a small gripe. The other thing that is worth mentioning on here, and this is just how all lenses are being designed right now, but the focus ring on here is focused by wire. What that means is this kind of just infinitely spins. When the camera's powered on, when you move the collar, it will electronically tell the camera and the lens where the focus should be. So there is not a manual focus mechanism, which works pretty well. And I think in Panasonic's defense, one of the things that they are looking to do is using the touchscreen on the back for focus points where you can actually touch to focus. But if you're using this for video application and you're filming something where you wanna be able to rack focus or manually adjust that yourself or even do a follow focus, it's just not set up for that. It's probably one of the best focus by wires I've used. 
but it is focused by wire. And uh, so I just thought those would be worth mentioning. Anyway, I would love to know your thoughts. Does anybody have experience with this lens that they would like to share? Please leave me a comment below. And as always, if you've enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it, and as always, subscribe to The Art of Photography for more videos. Until the next one, I'll see you guys then. Later.